and welcome to the worst person in the room. Oh, I sound kind of like perky today. Anyway, I'm your host, Teresa Francesca, and in this episode, I'll be talking, this is part one, because I keep doing part one and part two, right? I can't just talk to someone for an hour. So in this episode, this will be part one of my episode with Stephen. We talk about um, happiness and searching for happiness and his wedding and religion and eggplant and all sorts of things. Um, and in this recording, I've known Stephen for, um, I have no idea, wait, <laughs> about 14 years or something. And so I feel like a lot of it, listening back to this episode, I feel like I sound a little more dismissive of him. And this is probably going to, is just a problem I have in general because I've recorded with with people I've known for a long time. Or I feel kind of, uh, I feel the level of closeness where you are comfortable making fun of someone. So I might sound kind of mean. And I also, you can also definitely hear me getting kind of defensive at some points in this recording. But, uh, but yeah, I think this is the lighter half of the Steven episode. So let's get into it. Hello. Hello. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Would you like to introduce yourself in any way, any fashion, any level, anonymity that you would like to well, the internet? Well, I just got married a month ago, so I'm still excited that I have a new last name. So mm -hmm. I am Stephen Berkowitz now. Oh, yeah. So you're just going to say it like a lot then. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> And I've signed it a lot, mostly for work. Do you like having like a uh, a curvy letter for your your new last name? That's if I had B. to, if I had to pick one thing that is not awesome about being married, it's having to learn how to sign my name again. Because, oh my gosh, it is so hard. <laughs> okay. Like, my bees, I, I cannot cursive a bee to save my life. Oh, yeah, you don't have a bee. Like, you only have, like, a bee in your middle name, and it's, like, lowercase. Yeah. It's not a real bee. Yeah, <laughs> I need, you know, my bees look like R's. Like, the first loop is real tall and proud, and then when I get to the second loop, I'm like, eh, and I forgot what I'm doing. Yeah, Move on a, to the next letter. You need a strong, uh, proud bottom bee. Yeah. For support and mm -hmm. uh, lifting and separating. And, yeah. What? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing was said right here, right now. Okay. All right. Um, ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Do you want to tell? Okay. Hello. Um, <laughs> how do I say words? How do I get through a podcast with you? I don't, and that's why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Stephen Berkowitz, Mr. Master Berkowitz. I'm sure you're not the master, but one day you might be. I am, Everyone else dies first. Uh. I, I do technically have a master's, and one of oh, the first God. things Ugh. I did when I got it was repeatedly and annoyingly refer to myself as the master. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, um, just like that. Master Berkowitz. Yes. 
What are some like themes that have run throughout your life? Ah, uh, themes. Let's see. Um, well, um, I guess happiness and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, it's it sounds weird to say it, but like a lot of my life has been pretty happy. I was about to say, this is called the worst person in the room. There is no place for happiness here. But, like, I did ask you, so, all right. Oh, no, no, no. See, I can still be the worst person in the room while still being happy. I mean, I didn't mean that, but anyway, okay. Yeah. I'll not go into my specifics. Yeah. All right. Okay, more more themes or et cetera? Um, let's see. Um, well... At times when I've not been happy, I have tried to be happy, pursued happiness. Like I've always, I've always had a plan. My plans have not always been the most logical or reasonable or solid or feasible. But the point is I've always had a plan. I've always had some kind of goal. I've been moving towards something and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it does not work out. Then I make a new plan. Well, what happens whenever things... Well, yeah, what what happens when things work out versus when they don't work out? Besides you just making a new plan, if they didn't... Well, I guess even if they did work out, you'd probably have to find a new plan for just something new to do. But... <laughs> yeah, I've always been really confused whenever they work out. Like... <laughs> Despite the fact that my life has been overall pretty good, like, part of me is always like, this isn't going to work out, something bad is going to happen. And then sometimes something bad does not happen. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right then. That was cool. So I always feel kind of a little out to sea when things go really well. I mean, and... what's something that... that has gone to plan um, exceedingly well. Uh, like that you just totally weren't expecting and it worked out like better than you expected. My wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry if I'm talking about my wedding a lot, but it was a really big thing that happened. And like we made a lot of plans around it and we tried to keep it fairly chill. Like, you know, not too many people. And, you know, it was in Maui. Just which is... in the middle of the ocean. You know, no problem there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nothing but I... sharks and volcanoes and tourists. <laughs> You're tourists. <laughs> well, unless the shark would climb up onto the beach and then fly a hundred feet into the air. It's very ambitious shark. Slithering yes. shark. Yes, that that would be like the cover of a metal album, Shark. Mm -hmm. So that would be. I, I would invite him to my wedding. I'd be like, Shark, you <laughs> you have earned. It. Yes, you have earned a place. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had all these fears about my wedding. Like I was afraid I was going to rain. I was afraid, like you know, I was going to lose my clothes or something. I was afraid what? I was going <laughs> to. What would you have done if you lost your clothes? I mean, the outfit, the the big groom suit outfit that I was wearing. The groom suit, you know. The, the tux? Yes, that. That thing. Yes. I was afraid I was going to lose, like, parts of it or something. And and I didn't. And it, that was awesome. But 
I was afraid that I would lose some of it. I was afraid that it would rain. I was afraid that like, I, w- I was afraid that my friends would cause drama, which is silly because they're all pretty mature at this point. And, you know, I was, afra- I was afraid I'd get super sunburned or I was afraid I'd get sick or something. And none of those things happened. It was great. Yeah. I mean, I still got sunburned because, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, That's Alaska. That's what the sun do. Yeah, but it was pretty okay by the time the actual wedding happened and it was fine. It was okay. And, you know, we laughed and it was, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I was like, wow, that was really awesome. It worked out. What's, um, what's an example of a time something like really hardcore did not work out? (laughs) Um, let's see. Well, there this time I got a degree that ended up not working out since I couldn't find a job for it. Wait, which time was that? The first degree. <laughs> the the Sorry. pure the pure mathematics the one. The pure math. Pure math. Yeah. I was like, I like math. And pure mathematics sounds fun. I should do that. And the the college said, Sure, that's okay. And I <laughs> went forward. Yes. And I went forward with my math degree, and towards the end, my girlfriend at the time said, hey, what about jobs? And I was like, what about them? <laughs> I'm going to get a college degree, and then I'll be able to just get a job. That's how it works. Yeah, that's because you live, like, several decades in the past. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that's totally true. Yeah, accurate I, though. Yeah, I and my parents both we all we all figured that yeah, you go to college, you get a degree, and then you get a job, and you work at that job until you retire thirty or forty years later. End of story. It's very Ex- depressing. <laughs> well, if you like the job, it's okay. I mean, but it just sounds very limiting. Like you know, you know, basically like squat on one toilet and stay on it forever. I'm delicate and lovely in my speech, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on the job. Like I've definitely had some jobs where I'd be like, yeah, if I'm here for a year, I'm just going to go insane. Um, and arguably I might have at some jobs, but yeah. So that, so yeah, I mean, I, I spent like, you know, all my life figuring that, yeah, I'll get a degree and then I'll be able to get a job. And I graduated, and I did not, in fact, get a job immediately. And I... But you got a job within, like, six months, though. Yeah, within six, yeah, within six months, after, I, after literally hundreds of interviews. I'm, I didn't get interviewed. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I had a math degree. I was told that that's what you do to get a job. You got an English degree? I'm like I English. Like we, I'm I'm always gonna win. Like (laughs) this, I can't I can't approach this conversation without going into (laughs) like crappy life Olympics. Yeah, and and see, like this this is what I mean about like this is how me being happy can lead to me being the worst person in the room because I feel like things are good for me and like I feel like kind of privileged or lucky and you know that makes me feel uh, paradoxically guilty about 
these things. It's like, yeah, it's not, you know, the fact that my parents were good and raised me fairly well overall, you know, then helped prepare me for life and I didn't have to worry about money and stuff like that. Like, it, it's great, but, you know, sometimes I, I feel like, I feel guilty about talking about it because I feel like I'm rubbing it in other people's faces. Like, yeah, mm. my life was awesome. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I, I can get kind of defensive about some of these things. Hmm. Um. But like, it, like it, my, like, my feelings don't really, like, whether, they don't really depend on your reaction. It's like, whether you get defensive or whether you're totally accepting or whether you're neutral or anything in between, I'll still feel guilty about it. Right, well, great. Goody, goody gumdrops, Stephen. Do you think that you're, um, like, inherently a happy person? Huh. Um, well, now I am. Um, not the question. (laughs) I honestly think I've kind of been different people throughout my life. And some of them have been inherently happy. And some of them have been inherently really, really emo. Like, you know, oh, life is pain. Going to be alone forever. jobs and no friends and uh, I walk a lonely road crawling in my skin you know all this stuff okay we're mixing many bands here all right (laughs) but you know other times I'm like yeah things are things are going pretty good I mean you know super super happy and you know things are they're not perfect but they're they're pretty good so I always feel like your descriptions of like when things are are like good or happy in your life or just got yeah yeah they, they went okay cool and but and then it then you kind of like drop it which is weird because i think of you as an, a very a very exuberant person uh, and the fact is i feel like a lot of your exuberance just in me knowing you over the years comes out with like food much more than like your life as far as explicitly expressing it yeah because food can be shared with people your life can be your life is being shared with someone you just got (laughs) married berkowitz well yes now (laughs) now it's shared but like it can't be shared with everybody you know so i can be exuberant about food because like yeah if i tell you about this really delicious meal that allison made that was like this cheesy ground turkey and like uh, rice and veggies and I don't even know what kind of veggies were in there. She shoves all of them in there except eggplant because eggplants is the devil and it was super delicious. I'm sorry, eggplant. I will defend your honor. Ugh, eggplant. Ugh. Even the name eggplant. Like what what even that doesn't even that's not even a thing. Eggs come from like animals. Plants I have are no not idea what that's about. That is a weird name. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, egg, eggplant aside, it's like, if I tell you about this dish, if you liked it enough, theoretically, you could somehow acquire it or create it. But 
you know, if I tell, if I tell you about like, you know, something about my life, then you can't necessarily duplicate it because it's, you know, my, something from my life. Oh, so is this kind of, do you think this is tied in with the, um, like feeling guilty about having happiness and good stuff in your life and like not talking about it too much to rub into people's faces? Yeah, I think so. Like, especially with Allison, like I spent the first, I spent, actually, I probably still like, Allison is a huge part of my life, but I would very rarely talk about her with other people because I felt like anything I said would be like rubbing it in. Like, yeah, I have this awesome girlfriend, this awesome fiance, this awesome wife. She's so cool. And like, I had to, I, I remember specifically forcing myself to say, to bring her up and, and be like, yeah, you know, Allison did this, or this is what's going on with her. And, you know, it makes me really happy and things like that. And of course my friends are all supportive and everything because, you know, they're my friends and they're awesome. But, you know, in my head, it's just like, you know, it's just like, shut up They're, You know, that's, that's mean. That's rude. You shouldn't, you know, you mm. shouldn't, you shouldn't flaunt it like that. Well, where's the line between flaunting and just like talking honestly and openly about your life? Uh, for me, there is no line. Like <laughs> a- any kind of mention immediately equates to flaunting. Huh. Why do you think that is? Um, I guess because like, I think I'm really, really sensitive socially. Um, or at least I think there are things that I don't like cues. I don't always pick up on social wise, but to the things that I do pick up on, I think I'm really sensitive about them. Like making sure that people are okay and that there's, you know, little drama and that everyone's doing all right. Like, you know, I try not to, I try not to bring up difficult things or bring up anything that could get into an argument or even a heated debate. Yeah. So I've, I've always, yeah, I've always been super like when I was, when I was a kid, I was definitely a huge nerd. So it was always kind of a surprise to me that I actually had friends that wanted to be around me Uh since that wasn't really a thing until I was in my teens. Uh, yeah. So part of me was always like, shut up, don't, don't blow this. You got a good thing going. Don't blow it. Just, just, you know, stay calm, stay quiet and, you know, it'll work out. Hmm. I don't usually listen to the quiet part. Oh, you're asking, like, what's the line between mentioning something oh, yeah. and flaunting something? Yeah. Huh. Like, mentioning it is flaunting it. It's like, I'm I'm so happy that, like, even one small fragment of that, I feel like, comes through in, like, this giant burst of sunlight. Hmm. So you're worrying that, like, your sunshine could be weaponized? Yes. Emotionally weaponized? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's that's depressing. All right, good. We're getting somewhere. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm still happy. Like the sunshine is still there. Well, I just yeah, choose, I know. It know? just it's it's like I know it's not really it's not. I don't know. Yeah, it's not that you are depressed. It's just 
that it sounds it's a situation that sounds depressing hmm. uh, what do you doubt about yourself um let's see um many things i guess um i think i still doubt my professional ability um for the for the sake of the podcast i'm an accountant um i'm actually a controller which is accountant speak for the the main the head accountant guy and <laughs> the head accountant guy yeah and you know, I there's I do a lot of things that can affect a lot of stuff, and you know, this I always... is really specific accountant head guy talk yes. terminology. Yes. yes, like you know, I I you know, I create the financial statements and I tell people like, oh, this division is making money and this division is making less money because you know this thing is always breaking down or this thing we're not selling a whole lot of or, you know, whatever reason. And if I do it wrong, I'll tell them the wrong thing and they'll make decisions based on the wrong information. And that will lead to not optimal things. Anything but, besides your work though? Um, my ability to open up emotionally with you over a podcast. I, I doubt that. <laughs> I mean, I like I with Allison, I'm super open. And when it's like one on one with my friends, I can be open. But it's, you know, it's it's difficult for me to, you know, really dig down deep with other people a lot of the times. Um, I guess because like when I was a kid, I was always like, there is darkness and terror and pain and suffering in there. And now I'm just like, it's pretty okay. Like I, I went from like the, the inside of me is darkness and I don't want to burden other people with it to the inside of me is sunshine and I don't want to flaunt it in people's faces. There's like no, there's no middle ground. Everything is either terrible or wonderful. Well, what was the what was the child darkness? <laughs> the child, the, the child, the darkness when you were a child. You oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I had a hell a heck of a lot when I went off to college. Um, I was super super depressed about pretty much anything and everything, like. I was torn away from my friends and my family and the, the land that I loved. And I was thrust into this hugely urban, like crowded, cramped space with a bunch of people. And on top of that, all of a sudden school was hard. I actually had to make an effort at things. <laughs> I didn't just get A's with, while just kind of relaxing. I had to, you know, think about things. And I actually did badly for, uh, for in some classes. Mm -hmm. I, I technically did fail out of uh, engineering school. I mean, oh, yeah. briefly. So yeah, I, mean, I pretty much was like, wow, pretty much every single thing about me other than my actual physical body is a complete failure. That's something. What do you mean everything about you was a failure? Well, it's like, 
I had spent my whole life figuring that, you know, basically basking and wallowing in this adoration of like my parents and society in general for, you know, being a well-behaved kid who did good in school and, you know, was on the, the fast track to good stuff and things like that. <laughs> and fast track to good stuff. Fast track to good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I got to college and all of a sudden my parents aren't there. So I'm not Surprise. getting nearly as much validation <laughs> and I'm not doing good in school. And that was like a core facet of my identity. I'm like, wow, if I'm not doing well in school and you know, that means I'm a failure. And, you know, part of part and yeah, I believed that until the end of my freshman year when I was, I remember laying in my bed, just like crying and being super depressed because I actually failed two of my classes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I going to, I passed three others, but still I failed two of them. And I'm like, what am I going to do? This is, this is the end of my life. What's going to happen? And my dad came up to me and I will never forget what he said to me. He said, son, I failed more classes than you've passed. Failed more classes than you've taken? Something? I don't know. The, the point, <laughs> I won't forget this. <laughs> the point was, he was telling me that he had failed even more than I had. And so, you know, he turned out okay. So that meant that maybe life was not, in fact, completely over. So I kind of picked myself up. But, like, deep down, I was like, yeah, but... I still suck because I failed before and I'm going to fail again and I'm not really going to graduate. And I genuinely was shocked when I ended up graduating, uh, despite the fact that I never failed a class again. So that was the, that was the, the child darkness. The child darkness. I mean, how did you move? How have you moved like back and forth between like, ultimate interior darkness and um, radioactive internal sunshine. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to say that I was, you know, I, I got to it on my own, but to be perfectly honest, a lot of it was my relationship status at any given point. Like I Hashtag kind of, relatable. All right. Because <laughs> I, I because I felt like, all right, well, I may or may not be doing well in school or work or whatever. It's like, but, you know, I've got a girlfriend, you know, things are going good. Or I don't have a girlfriend and I never will ever, ever again. <laughs> and, you know, so I was always kind of like that, that definitely affected my mood and probably my brain to a certain extent. Like I, I remember a lot of pretty harebrained plans that revolved around either seeking out or avoiding um, women that I was interested in. Harebrained plans. Please tell. <laughs> oh my God. Please tell several. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an option to not? <laughs> I mean, yes, you don't have to. I just want to hear some. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, well, I had a crush on this girl who lived in New Jersey, 
Um, and I, let's see. So I, I was, but I was in Alaska and I'm like, how am I going to get back to New Jersey? And I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, you, you may have heard this story before. <laughs> I may have, I may know this. <laughs> yes. Like, what am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to move to Phoenix. <laughs> In April. <laughs> From yes. Alaska. Yes. Hmm. The second of your, your brilliant moves. Um, well-timed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I did. I did, in fact, move to Phoenix. Um, my hairbrain my hairbrain scheme was to move to Phoenix, and then to wait a while, and then once she had accepted me as her boyfriend, to move to New Jersey so that I could be her boyfriend in real life as well. But okay. no plan survives contact with the enemy I'm, or I'm like... the, the potential mate. So. I, I asked you this, what, seven or eight years ago, whenever the hell, but why? Why was this the plan? Did I not tell you? Um, no, I, why, I, I'm sure I asked this before, but why was this the plan? Oh. Why was the Phoenix, why, why did you think it would be more legitimate if you moved some, somewhere else first? Yes. Before moving back. Why? <laughs> um what why, why did you think that that made some made a move back to new jersey more legit because you went from jersey back to alaska you could have just gone back to new jersey why did you hop skip and a jump instead of just skip or jump or whatever um why was that the idea I have no idea. Why did I do that? Well, why didn't I just move back? Yes. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I asked you this many years ago, too. I'm like, I still don't have an explanation. Do, do you remember what I said? Like... No. That's why I'm asking you again. It's not just for the recording. It's for me. <laughs> I have no idea. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I was going to the University of Phoenix. So you thought you'd move to Phoenix, even though it's an online school with many campuses throughout the country. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, I well, <laughs> I'm going there online, so obviously I should go there offline as well. Um, which lasted <laughs> about a summer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, not my greatest move. The fact that, that, like, scorpions didn't just attack you while you were there, too. Like, just overrun you and your body entirely? I'm amazed. Well, there were ants. Yeah. Ants are powerful and mighty. Yeah. But they, they did not overrun me. They tried. I almost took myself out, actually, trying to get rid of them. Because, um, like, in my, in my many years ago brain, I was like, there are ants. I wish there to be not ants. How do I make the ants go away? 
I could go to the store and purchase something to make the ants go away. I have seen commercials that have a big can of Raid, and the Raid makes the ants go away. I will purchase one and spray it. And so I did, in my apartment, with all the doors and windows sealed. Oh. Mm. And, um, I didn't get sick or anything. I mean, I didn't go to the hospital or anything, but I don't really remember what happened after that. (laughs) Oh, dear. But I got a B-plus in the class I was taking at the time, so it must have been okay. Yeah, the key to key to that grade was the raid. Um, yes. It was the raid. Um, I'm going to hell. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Red shot. Um, well, I love that you still can't explain yourself about the Phoenix between going back to Jersey, and you never did. You never did go back to Jersey after Phoenix. You went to Texas, right? I went to Texas, yeah. um, figuring that... Did you that... think that was, like, did you, like, meet a different girl? And you were like, well, before I move to, like, Minnesota, I'm going to move to Texas first. Yes. I'm just going to wait. I found a girl through World of Warcraft, because I'm that cool, who lived in Houston. And I'm like, well, I need to get out of Phoenix. And even though I don't actually have a crush on this girl... But I'm going to go to Houston anyways, because maybe I'll get a crush on this girl. Uh, I did not, in fact, develop a crush on this girl. Um, She turned out to be a good friend, though, so that was pretty cool. Why, um... Okay, so... (laughs) I was like, what's a way to make this question not sound weird? Um... What part of this has been not weird? Well, I, I'm just thinking, because I'm like, I honestly really, like, I relate to a lot of this, uh, and basing, nah, well, not really basing much, uh, like, a lot of decisions on, like, guys I'm not actually with, um, but, but, like, well, using, like, a lot of mental and emotional energy toward them, mm. um, kind of as fuel. Whenever mm-hmm. I am going through something else or doing a move or, or doing something um, big or weird or different in my life. But do you, why do you think that you've kind of like used women who are either actual romantic interests for you or you think might possibly could be future romantic interests for you as like, um, as like hooks or anchors to move your life along because it's really important to me that that sounds really obvious and trite but i genuinely did not really realize that until just now like being in a relationship and ultimately you know getting married and having a family is really super important to me like that's that's since the time i was a kid it's always been you know you grow up you have a job you have a family. That's that's that is what is best in life. Also, books and video games, and friends, you know. and waffles, and waffles. Waffles are delicious. But yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've. They've always been kind of parallel tracks. Because it's like, okay, as far as jobs go, you know, you you do this. You know, you. I was going to college, and I was going to interviews, and you know, trying to do whatever I could. And then I went back to college. 
and then I went on interviews and, you know, did whatever I could. And, you know, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was effort involved and stuff like that, but I feel like as an accountant, you can kind of go anywhere. So I felt like I kind of had freedom to move if I needed to. So I I tried to move based on whatever I thought was best for finding a relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you have, um, so, okay. <laughs> the reason I'm going to ask this is because of my life. Um, cause I, I found like after I graduated college and I was like depressed and living back with my parents cause I had no other place to live. Um, and looking for jobs in a place that didn't want to have any jobs, um, who <laughs> <laughs> like wouldn't, you know, give me a call back for McDonald's, but like, so I started to, in that part of my life, I really started to, um, eventually really consciously approach looking for jobs kind of in the same, with like the same kind of emotional, um, investment as I would look for like a romantic partner and I would like go on like OkCupid if in case anyone in the year 2017 still uses OkCupid but it was relevant like many years ago um that's how I met Allison <laughs> yeah but like I I would use OkCupid and I would look for possible romantic connections kind of with like um uh, like a job um what's like like a work mentality and kind of kind of admittedly like i'm like oh are they a way out of here hmm. you know i you know definitely when i was living with my parents i was like i was not looking to like form any relationships you know locally you know where i grew up most of the i'm like no i don't need anything else anchoring I'm like i am looking for guys who are away from here so that I can go somewhere else. So I have an out. So I have a specific, like, reason or person or anchor to pull me out of here. Because I'm like, I'm not going to be able, no one's going to, like, give me a job offer while I can't interview with them in person. While I have nothing but an English degree and, like, pretty much no work experience. I'm like, I'm not just going to get a job offer from the middle of nowhere to a real place like it's not going to happen so I'm like I felt like I needed a relationship or a person to to get me somewhere else just to get me out um so wait I was going to ask you a question but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like do you think you've ever like approached um approached like looking for jobs or or figuring out what career to do um like with kind of a more like a similar romantic mindset or done the opposite where you like looked for a mate kind of with like job prospects um mode well so allison and i met in 2015 and up until about six to ten six to ten about a year before that i looked for jobs and relationships the same way Someone on the brink of starvation looks for food. Anything, absolutely anything, just please something. I am going to die. Anything. You know, I'll I'll try anything. It's like, oh, you know, here's a girl that, you know, 
hates video games. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Yeah, oh, that that didn't go as well as it could have. You know, here's one who's objectively crazy and manipulative. To my credit, that lasted about two weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, progress. You know, just, hey, here's a girl who uh, spoke to me and said hello. All right, let's let's go. You know, That's good enough for me. Yeah, that that'll that'll do. You know, and so and the kind of the same with jobs in in a way where it's like I've mm-hmm. I've been so terrified. Like I I hate job hunting. Absolutely, positively hate it. It is it's just great. Yeah. it is just the word. Like I am terrified of it, and I think part of that is. Up until two jobs ago, I had pretty much no experience other than like super low level accounting. And then a couple jobs ago, I went from from the bottom to the top, essentially. And now it's like, yeah, unless I do something really utterly terrible, I'm never going to have to really and truly worry about not being able to find something. I should always be able to find something, but for so much of my life, the fear of not being able to find a job has been so deep and pervasive that any, just the thought of it, like any kind of job hunting is like a must, must find job, get job now, do, do job now, get Mm -hmm. job. What if you, um, have you had any uh, beliefs about yourself that have kind of been um, like ruptured throughout your life or anything that's been seemingly reinforced? I always kind of believed that deep down I was a writer that I could, that I would, that I would write like even just casually. And I still kind of do like, I don't write so much, but I still like make up stories and come up with stories in my head and things like that. Um, and, you know, that's, that's that's fun. So I guess that's been, I guess that's been reinforced a little. It's been both reinforced and kind of ru- like ruptured, I guess, because mm-hmm. you know, in, in one way this and another way that. Um, oh, religion, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, religion. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I believe very strongly. I'm like I am a Christian Catholic. That's who I am. That's what I am. You know. That's that's me. I'm going to be that for my the whole of my life. That's that's just how it be. Um, And then once I graduated college, I actually met other Catholics other than my own social circle. And I'm like, oh, this is what you believe. There's there's a whole lot of hating of other people in this. Hmm. Not, and it took literally years for me to admit that I wasn't a Catholic. It's like I've I've never like now I can look back and I'm like, of course I'm not a Catholic. I've never been a Catholic. <laughs> the church that I went to had Catholic written on the door, but you know, it was a Protestant church. It was either Lutheran or Presbyterian, like you know, any one of those you know other flavors of Christianity. It's like. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm still Christian. Like, that's definitely still a thing. But, you know, the second denomination, you know, it's, it's who knows what. So, yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely been a, a belief of myself that was ruptured. But, you know, it's 
It's more just realizing that the word doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Mm -hmm. Like my, my belief hasn't changed. Everyone else is, everyone else has changed. Mine hasn't. Is sort of how I feel about it. What do you mean that it's everyone like, else has changed or everything like, else? You know, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, Catholics don't actually believe in, you know, like everyone else is going to hell and, you know, you need to be baptized or else you're going to hell and gay people are going to hell and trans people. Like no one actually believes that. Um, or at least no one other than like the super crazy Westboro protester, terrible people. And then I actually got out of college and met other Catholics and found out that, yeah, they believed it. And they expected me to believe it, too, because that's what being a Catholic meant. And I'm like, so for a while I was I was stubborn. And I was like, fine, I'm good. I'm still a Catholic. All of you guys are wrong. Every <laughs> everyone but me is wrong. And eventually I realized, I'm like, you know what, just. Just calling myself a Catholic supports a system that I can't support anymore, so I'm going to mm. stop doing it. But deep down, I still think that everyone else in the world's got it wrong, but I've got it right. At least as far as Catholics go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just in general? Not in, no, not in general. I mean, obviously with eggplant, I'm, I'm the only sane man left. <laughs> Thus ends part one of the Steven episodes. Thank you for listening to The Worst Person in the Room. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. I think everyone's still kind of just calling it iTunes. Um, <laughs> at least for now. Stitcher, uh, Google Play's got them. They You can find them on TuneIn, TuneIn Radio, and, you know, any service that kind of, like, siphons from any of those guys. The podcast is on social media at Worst Person Pod for both Twitter and Facebook. We're not really very really active at the moment, but, um, you know, who knows what could happen. Anything could happen. I could click my pen into this microphone, like, a lot. Is this ASMR? Asthma? Who knows? I don't know. Oh, I hope that wasn't, like, an accidental Morse code message. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I've been your host, Teresa Francesca, and today, Eggplant has been the worst person in the room. <laughs>